Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the new Irish Athletics Podcast brought to you by Athletics Ireland. My name is David Gillick and I'm delighted to be joined on the line today by Irish shot put record holder Eric Favors. Okay, so delighted to say that we have Eric Favors on the line all the way from Pennsylvania in the United States of America. You have a smile on your face because you've had one of those, I suppose, seasons that we all dream about. National records. How are you feeling? How Have you had, I suppose, a chance to kind of take it all in? I know you've been traveling around a little bit, which brings its own, I suppose, issues that we'll get into for a man like you. But sum up, I suppose, how the season has gone for you. Season has gone, I mean, really, really well to get, you know, two national records so early in the season. It's, it's been a blessing. Um, just goes to show like the, the hard work in the fall is, is paying off a bit. Uh, I really haven't sat down and tried to process everything. I feel like as an athlete, you're always trying to just keep on moving forward. And so I haven't like sat down and actually processed much, but yeah, it, it's been going really well. But you recently, and, and that national record, 20 meters 66, and, and obviously the shot put, if people haven't uh, connected the dots. But the European Trolls Cup in Portugal, do you not get a, a Portuguese tart and maybe a coffee and sit down and kind of soak it all up, no? So so actually, um, I met a couple of friends in Germany that I was training with because I did like a little training camp there in the uh, the winter season, and I met a couple of friends. So the day, well, the day of the competition, we went out into a, a, like a cafe, we had a a couple of Portuguese pastries. I had a smoothie. They had a coffee. So, I guess if you if you say that as a celebration, that yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> so the secret to success is actually Portuguese pastries pre competition, not post competition. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, when I was there, we had donuts. I was having a lot of pastries. Try to keep my weight up. So, yeah, yeah. sweets is sweets will equals to far throws. And Eric, you mentioned as well that you were in Germany, but and earlier you mentioned that, you know, you had two national records pretty, pretty much back to back and like in such a uh, close proximity. But you jumped from 2016 to 2066, which is a half a meter, which is like astronomical. Like that is insane. Uh, like, w- how do you think it just clicked? You were chasing like over 20 for so long and now all of a yeah. sudden you're 2066, like over... Closing in on 21, hopefully, yeah. I was going to say it, but I was like, yeah. Fingers crossed, yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, that's the trajectory, but I'm not really sure. So, as soon as I left Germany, I left, well, from Ireland. It was after Irish Nationals. I found out that I wasn't going to European Indoor, so I was kind of light. I I wanted to just get back into, like, in America and try to, like, get back into, like, a a routine before because I knew I was going to the European Throws Cup, so... I had probably two solid weeks of training and eating and trying to just get back into like a normal routine. And I wasn't really expecting much when I went to the European Throws Cup. I knew I was in good shape just because going over to Germany at the time, like I knew I threw a national record, like that's happy, like that's really, really good signs. But I knew I didn't have like a, a solid throw. I was like a bit off balance. So me and my coach got together and I mean, clean some stuff up and now it's just a little piece of what is to come for a huge outdoor season so and obviously the success the recent success well let's take it back a little bit and there'll be a lot of people maybe listening and kind of going okay this guy's over in the states he competes for ireland uh, he's got an american accent as you say on your instagram um yeah tell us a little bit about the journey to representing ireland like where did that start and how did it come about yeah so it was kind of unreal just because um i used to work with a 
an Irish Olympian, a hammer thrower named uh, Patty McGrath. Mm-hmm. He was an Olympian in the 2000 Sydney Olympics. And I worked with him in high school because he was a local coach in New York. So I would go to his, his training sessions on every Sunday. And I remember my mom came up one one weekend and she was having a conversation with him and saying how my grandmother's from Ireland. She's from uh, County Mayo, Ballinat area. We still had the, like, the family farm, a bunch of cousins in Ireland. And actually a couple of my cousins had their dual citizenship and she told him that and he you know like a a light bell went off and it was like yo you can actually represent Ireland that was back when I was 16 17 years old so I mean he told me that and kind of just got the ball rolling and was able to get like the proper paperwork in it took a bit of time but I mean now 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 fully I mean I've had like a couple of vests with representing Ireland it's it's been a blessing so and obviously your club then, uh, Rohini Shamrocks, you, you've ended yeah. up with, with Rohini as well. And they're very mm-hmm. supportive in what you're doing. I always see it on the Twitter and the Instagram anytime yeah. you're competing. So it must be great to kind of have that support from afar. Yeah, yeah, no, it's awesome. The Rohini family, it's 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 nice because uh, Patty is actually the one that introduced me to the Rohini Shamrocks because that was his club when he was uh, competing. So it, it just, yeah, he got me in, involved with the Rohini and took me in as one and it's been it's been amazing and the journey then high school okay working with Patty and stuff like that and the, the opportunities that are coming your way what happened then where did you go did you go to college did you kind of go full-time training or, or what what was kind of the journey yeah so actually I got recruited to go to the University of South Carolina I was uh, one of the top shot putters within the United States so I had like a, a bunch of universities that I was able to uh you know, luckily be able to go to, but narrowed it down to the University of South Carolina, which was in the SEC, one of the top conferences. Um, went there, got my undergrad in uh, criminal justice, and I was there for so long, I ended up getting a master's degree as well just because of COVID and everything. So I took the university route, and now I'm post-collegiate in Pennsylvania, training in a professional group. So a bunch of throwers. And that group obviously is really kind of, it's probably giving you a lot of confidence, you know, when you're training with the, the athletes that you're surrounding yourself with, the mindset, everything that comes with that. And, and let's be honest, you're making great progress. So obviously things are working for you. Absolutely. I mean, when you have people that are Olympic finalists, world champions, people like that in your group, it just makes it easier because that is, you know, the goal of why I do it, you know, just to have that to see that it is possible and to see how they carry themselves day in and day out. It's, it makes it easier also being with the group because we're all like very close. There's also like Olympic weightlifters that are, you know, top five in the world. So just to see the elite athletes within our group, it's, it's been amazing. And Eric, you're after mentioning there, the weightlifting, Um, anyone who (laughs) follows you on Instagram uh, knows that I suppose They'd be fairly intimidated, I say, if they went into their local gym and you were beside them. Um, you're throwing around weight as if it's, well, it is fun. Obviously, we can see that from your yeah. Instagram. But uh, you're, you obviously love that side of it as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, lifting weights, I've been lifting weights for, it seems like, more than half of my life now. So I'm strong. <laughs> I, uh, it, it's just a part of the job now because, you know, in order to throw a shot put, you have to have certain strength levels. So, mm. yeah, it, it's just the name of the name of the game. So 
And Eric, what does a typical week look like for you in training? Like how much of it is split between the gym actually out throwing technically and so on? Yeah, so we throw six days a week. So three of those days are technique days. So like slower paced. And then the other three are like slam sessions. We like to call it, you know, tape up, yell, caffeine. Then it's uh, like weight room stuff. So like four days a week we lift and we have two heavy days. And then uh, one day is like an athlete day. So like plyometrics. And then the other one is called like an impulse day to like prime your, your nervous system to get ready to compete. And that's like on Wednesday. So today. Okay. Okay. And w- when you kind of give the overview of the week, I- I'm just looking at the Instagram there, and you're talking about like moving these big, massive weights, but you can move. You can jump up and down. Yeah, you can bound yeah. over hurdles. That's pretty impressive. And tumbles. You're pretty good at <laughs> the old tumbles. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I take pride. Uh, I don't know. I've I've been like always like a bigger dude, but I'm able to you know move with that weight. So yeah, I c- I can get moving. And growing up in the States and obviously kind of the NFL and American football, was that ever an avenue or, you know, obviously you've got the strength, you've got the power, bit of agility in there, you know, you'd probably be good on the pitch or a field. What do they call it in the States? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, football field. So, (laughs) yeah, I was able, like I was getting recruited for like to play American football, but um, with track and field, I kind of like the individual aspect of it because football is like a team sport in New York where I was uh, playing they kind of overlooked a bunch of like our football players with our talent normally we would have to like leave to go to like a private school but my family w- was not able to like afford that so with track and field it's numbers numbers don't lie mm-hmm. so I was able to you know get like the scholarships and like the big universities so yeah that's why I kind of took the route of track and field and it kind of just opened up my world because if I would have stuck and played football, I would have been confined into the United States. I mean, it is growing outside, but I like how track and field, like I'm able to travel, meet a bunch of people and it's it's been awesome by throwing a, a ball in a circle. Yeah, like going to Germany, trying these nice pastries yes. in Portugal and everything. And talk to us about Portugal. You had mentioned actually on some of your Instagram stories as well about you know, the difficulties you have actually traveling um, in terms of keeping yourself fed and found. Um, Talk to us about that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when I travel, it's hard to get like, stay into like a normal routine. I have a hard time maintaining my weight. I don't really have a big appetite, but when I travel, I need to bring like American goodies just because they, it sticks to my bones more. So, (laughs) Yeah, so that's why I bring like peanut butter, protein powder, all that all that fun jazz in my uh, you know, my my bags when I go over to Europe to try to keep the weight on. That's obviously extremely important from a performance point of view. So if you're down a couple of pounds, you know, what's the impact that has potentially on on the shot put or the shot traveling? What sort of stuff are you looking at there? Yeah, so like I like to say mass moves mass. So if you don't have that mass behind the ball, it's it's difficult to hit positions and just really see the shot put fly. So that's why I need to be at like a certain weight in order to perform at my, my best ability. And it, you mentioned that you didn't go to the European indoors. Did you watch it? I, I was working at the time, but I did watch the replay. I was kind of hurt that I didn't qualify because that was one of my goals for this year to you know qualify for every major championships. 
Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But I look at the silver lining. I was able to get back into training, and now I have a new national record. So mm. it, yeah, it makes for a better story. This outdoor, I'm gonna you know make a push for the world championships and keep on pushing forward. Eric, is there as a, is this might be a silly question, but like, is there actually a difference between throwing the shot indoors versus throwing the shot outdoors? Yeah, yeah, of course. So I would say in America it is because I throw like a, a watermelon size shot put. So in America, we don't throw metal in implements. Okay. So we throw, I mean, shot puts that are, you know, almost as big as my head. And I have a big head. So <laughs> uh, when I when I went over to Europe, it was like my first time throwing like a, a metal implement. So I guess it's also the surface of the circle too. So outdoor, it's concrete. So it's it's a better surface. Indoor, it's like wood. So it's a little bit more slick. So you have to, you basically have to, practice and get used to it so in pennsylvania where i'm staying we throw outside all year snow rain you know whatever all weathers so we don't have like a wood circle to to for me to get like adjusted so that's like a big adjustment period because you know when i go to indoor meets like i'm basically like getting used to the wood circle in competition so that's why when it comes to outdoor like i'm i'm accustomed yeah you're comfortable there I'm actually, I'm looking at some of your videos here and it, like for people listening, it's worth actually checking out because the numbers that you are able to move in the gym is pretty, pretty spectacular. For those listening, give us, give us some numbers there. What, what's your PB on the bench? Yeah. So my bench press is... In uh, KGs now. If, if KGs, yeah. yes. I, I was going to say KGs. <laughs> it's uh, two, 230. 230 Two, KGs on a yeah, bench. Yeah, KG. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> um, like you're clean as well. What's your clean? I've done 195 and I'm pushing towards that 200, fingers crossed, in the next couple of weeks. And like, is there a correlation of what you can move in a gym to how far you can throw the shot? That is, so I've been lifting these numbers for a very long time. So when I was younger, I used to think like, oh, I had to hit these numbers and, you know, make a push to, mm. to throw this far. But like, you think that it's like an even... Like as soon as you start hitting these numbers, the yeah. distances will come. But I take the approach now. It's like, like weight room is, it, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. I'm not as strong as I was a couple of years ago, but I'm throwing a, a lot further mm. just because I'm focusing on that technique, like the technical aspect of throwing. So it, yeah, there's no like real correlation. People like to say that people like to compare, you know, heights and weights and, and stuff like that. But no, I wouldn't say there's a, a correlation because I know a lot of weak people that throw very, very far. Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating because like, again, coming from, say, the running element of track and field, you know, those numbers are just off the charts. I, I actually, Eric, I remember a few months ago, uh, my boyfriend was on your Instagram page and he actually yeah. used to play professional rugby and he was like this is absolutely outrageous like you did, I didn't even think that much weight like fitted on the bar like you know it's, you know <laughs> yeah, you'd love yeah. that like you know I suppose if as an athlete you'd love if the general public saw more of what you do because <laughs> it's just phenomenal stuff I actually I mean I do like crazy stuff I really don't like posting my crazy crazy lifting stuff just cuz for a younger shot putter just to see these numbers they would think that all oh, they would have to just get into the weight room and mm. you know lock themselves in and as soon as they hit it that a certain distance will come mm. but it it's it's not like that at all so 
that's why I don't post like my crazy, crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. I try to make more like compilations of seeing my day to day of like, this is what I do and yeah. not, not bragging of, oh yeah, you know, I'm hitting these numbers and now mm-hmm. X, like a certain distance is going to come from it. It's more of just showing them this is what you have to do day in and day out in order yeah. to, you have to, you have to push the envelope, but also you have to, yeah, just work on the throwing aspect yeah. of it. But it's interesting because like you're talking about these numbers and you're talking about distances in the shop, but, but yes, when you're in the circle, the explosivity that you're able to produce when it matters is is actually, when you watch it in person, it's amazing. It's amazing how people can move that quick, like so, so rapidly. Um, yeah. How do you work on that element? Is that the plyometrics? Is that hopping over the hurdles? Like, How does that speed element come into it? I would say so. I mean, it's a combination of everything. I mean, we want to generate the most force in a seven-foot ring and also staying in at the same time. So just to develop that speed, you need like Olympic lifts, squats. You need all of that and, yeah, need reps in also the circle. So, Because there, there was like sometimes you hear people talk about, oh, you know, and a, and a shot putter is almost explosive as, say, a 100-meter sprinter. You know, that be it a bang, they can move so fast. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, shoot, to throw a throw a, a 16-pound shot put, 70-something feet, you need a lot of explosive power, similar to like the 100 meter, exactly yeah. what you're saying. Because I remember I was watching, I think it was the World Champs, now could be wrong on this, in Edmonton. So you're going back maybe 2001. And um, sometimes this happens where there was uh, a shot putter from, I can't remember, maybe kind of Samoa or somewhere like that, but he was actually entered in the wrong event. And he was entered into the 100 meters. Yes, you, I saw the video. Do you I remember this? Yeah, his, yeah. Name was, his name was Terence. And honest to God, he had to do the 100 meter. I think that year they brought in the preliminary rounds and he had to take his lane in the 100 meters. But like, yeah, he, did he get yeah, to I throw? No, he didn't get to throw. He had to run the 100 meters. Ah, stop. Eric, am I right? Yes, yeah, I remember seeing the video. Oh, I have to look that up. <laughs> Running, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Great. He was good for about a meter. <laughs> yeah. I'll give him five. I'll give him five <laughs> meters and then, yeah. So looking ahead now, okay, you know, you mentioned there, a little bit of disappointment about not making the European indoors, but you have that big um, national record at 2066. What does the future hold? What's the next kind of couple of weeks, the couple of months look like for you? Is it training, competition? Will you be coming to Europe? Like, what's the plan? Yeah, so actually I'm trying to figure that out right now. So, <laughs> I, I just got an agent, so me and him, are, we've been in talks. He's been showing, uh, setting me like a competition schedule, and I'm trying to figure it out, trying to piece it together. But the next like month and a half, I'll be training, getting. So this is the, this is going to probably be like my last like solid training cycle mm. until I mean at the end of the year, you know. Mm. So just going to dial it down, my my technical things with my coach and get in shape with uh, like prehab with like small nicks and, and hurts. So I'll be fixing that. But the next couple of weeks, I'll just be training, getting back into like a normal cycle until uh, competition starts. I'm not sure exactly my schedule yeah. though. Because Eric, your, be your 2066 throw, national record throw, I'll just keep saying national record throw, national record throw. Um, Like was that, do you count that as the, your first like outdoor opening competition so there's like yes. a part one and a part two and then for 
by the time you get to all guys for world champs that's part three yeah it's kind of weird i do count this as like my first outdoor meet so like a a season opener yeah it's it's it is weird because then i take like a little break probably like a month or a month and a half of like solid training Mm. and then i just kind of pick it up but yeah i count it as a season opener like a lot of athletes might look at a season and kind of go right you know I need maybe 10 races before I really kind of begin to kind of peak. Is it the same way for trolls? I would say so. I like, I love, I love competing. I love seeing where I'm at and just giving, like getting opportunities to, to compete. It's, it's amazing. Uh, last year I competed probably like 40 times last year. It, it was a lot just cause I was trying to get used to my coach. I was doing any little meet that I could. And this year will be a little bit different because Last year was just me trying to make it to the to the championships, trying mm-hmm. to get myself into the door. Like now, now that I'm in a better situation, I'll be able to pick and choose, train a mm-hmm. little bit more, and yeah, peak for you know the world championships like how I should be. And away from the circle, should we say? Yeah. Um, who is Eric? What do you do? How do you switch off? Like, what's life like for you? Yeah, life life is. Uh, is it making YouTube videos? <laughs> making YouTube, yeah, I do. I do. That takes a lot of bit, a, a lot of my time <laughs> trying to get used to talking on camera, making videos, editing, all that. Uh, I also have like a part time job with the IT department because I have my master's in education technology, so I'm able to spend a couple hours a week in the educational field. So I, I do that as well. I, I bounce on the weekends too. Bounce. So, What's that mean? Uh, security. At a door. Oh, I look at IDs. Yeah, I, yeah. Make sure people are under not underage drinking. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with you. Yeah, definitely yeah, wouldn't. No, <laughs> no, no. I greet everybody with a smile, and I've only had to kick out one person. And, oh, go on, tell us what happened. Him. No, <laughs> <laughs> I just told him. Well, he was already walking out, and I said, "Please leave," and he <laughs> left. So, with a smile, very polite. And, and yeah, it, very, how very. does that affect your training? Like, it's like, that's unsociable hours. Like, yeah. So actually the bar that I work at closes at 12. So I'm, I'm able to, you know, get back into bed at 12, 15 and I don't, I don't lose a step. You live in the bar. Sounds like the I gym, live in the bar. It? 15 minutes. That's good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You are quick. Nice. Yeah. 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 It's nice. So I'm able to pay for my food for the week with working at the bar, the social aspect of just getting away from the tent, like just the routine of Mm. just track, track, track. So it breaks up my, my week really nice. So. Excellent. And you were obviously in in Ireland recently, you did the national championships in February. So that was obviously a nice kind of trip to come over. Yes. It's awesome. I I always love when I come back to Ireland. Unfortunately, I was only there for like four days and then I had to, you know, head back to get back to training in order for the European throws cup uh, in the summer i'll be back for an extended period of time i'll be doing the cork the Morton nationals and uh hopefully i'll stay with my cousins a little bit more and be able to travel a bit but yeah i will be back for a little bit longer in the summer and the last question for me is i'm always fascinated by what goes through athletes heads before they say get into the blocks or get into the circle in your case so what do you do? Because you, you seem really pumped up and ready to, ro- like ready to roll when you get into that circle. So what's the process? How do you, how do you just get into that zone? Yeah, so I, I take a couple of deep breaths and I try to focus on the task. 
the task at hand of what I want to accomplish in that throw. It normally, it, it varies from meat to meat, but I try to focus on one to two things. It's like, I take a deep breath. I, I practice. I'm like, if he says my name, I folk, I think, all right, focus on the task. And what the task is to wrap up in the middle of the circle. And then that's pretty much it. And then the rest is. And like, is, is, it, is there a superstition that you got to like, you literally put chalk all over yourself? Yeah, 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 <laughs> pretty much. I have to put it on my neck, my hands, make sure that it doesn't slip because it is dangerous. The shot put, if it slips, it can go anywhere. So yeah, I have to have a bunch of chalk. You must have to like heavily moisturize yourself after all that chalk, right? Because it's dry stuff. My neck, yes, yeah. <laughs> I have to do something. I have like, you know, moisturizers to help, but it's my neck is still very black. So <laughs> it's all burnt. It's all burnt. And yeah, it's not a pretty sight, especially in the summer when the shop puts hot. It burns my neck. Oh, wow. I never thought about it like that. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic because, you know, throws and field events is probably something that we haven't had a whole lot to shout about no. over the last couple of years. And it's great to have like athletes like yourself coming through, performing well, you know, breaking onto the international stage, national records, and just flying the flag because, and even being very kind of like vocal on social media as well, because it, it showcases the amazing things that you're doing. And there's a lot of people, you know, a lot of people going to the gym thinking they're lifting heavy weights. <laughs> and then here comes Eric. Yeah, but you're also like bringing people with you, like obviously getting the, the national records and everything like that, you're increasing yeah. the standards, but you're making everyone else fight too, like the likes of Sean Brettenach and, and um, John Kelly, yeah. like, you know, and you're all big lads with big goals and, you know, when there's more of you fighting for those medals, it, it's, it's brilliant to see, especially within here in Ireland. Yeah. yeah, strength and depth, that's what we want. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I want to be a pioneer of just like putting the Irish throws back on the pedestal of, you know, contending for like a medal and, you know, because we have a, a strong history in, in mm. Irish throws. So I'm I'm glad that I'm able to push the envelope forward and inspire the youth because without the youth, I want to get it to a point and then, you know, inspire the youth to, to take it even further. So yeah. that that's basically what I'm doing in the sport. So hopefully this summer when you're, you're spotted in Ballina, um, because there's a lovely track up in Bal- like nearby Ballina now in in Lake Dr- District, and okay, is it is it um Cusack? He's a very good javelin thrower. He's based in in Lake yes. District yeah, as yeah, well. Connor. Yeah, yeah Connor. Yeah. So do you know, I I it'll be a great during the summer. It'll be a great opportunity for people to go up and and have a watch and keep an eye on you. Yes, yeah, especially it would be awesome. So. We have a proud um, tradition, like Irish-American track and field, and even going back to the early part of the 19th century, we've like the Irish-American Athletic Club, which I'm sure yeah. you, you've heard of. Um, I think, I'll probably butcher this stat now, but I think there is an Irish-American, I don't know his name, but he competed for America at the time um, in field events, and he won, I think he, he cool. won... Yeah, he won gold. He won like plenty of gold, almost as many or even more than, say, the likes of Carl Lewis. I think in, in historically, I think he's... Um, I'm going to wreck my head now because I've got to go and find his name. And hopefully there's people listening that can maybe comment and tell me where I'm wrong. But um, we have a proud, proud tradition. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, it's awesome. Dave Sweeney, he had a, uh, a presentation. I forgot. It was a couple of years ago. It might have been like in 2019 that he had like a stat of all like the Irish throwing history and it, it was remarkable so hopefully if you guys want to reach out and talk to Dave Sweeney he has that presentation and 
it, it's remarkable. So yeah, Dave will be listening to this, going probably shouting at it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, look, you know, Eric, thanks for taking the time. I know it's early over there, and you've got a day of training, etc., ahead of you. So, uh, thanks for taking the time out and talking to us. And we wish you all the best for the upcoming training block, and then into the season. Thank you very much for having me. And that's all for this bonus pod. Please like, share and subscribe and let us know in the comments if you would like to hear more of these bonus athlete interview podcasts over the coming weeks.